Hello everyone and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being for mums and women in business who are seeking to unplug from their worries and overwhelm to light up with insights and joy. I, your host, mum and effortless lifestyle coach Marina Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners and creatives about what it takes to have a business and life you can fully enjoy. And on today's show, I'm super excited to have Lynn Horde. She's a joy coach, founder of Joy School and the Joy Jam Sessions, and a leading light in the field of joy creation. Lynn's mission is to help people to harness the power of joy and use it to create more rewarding results in all areas of their life, whether their focus is better relationships, more enjoyable work, or more momentum in their business. She hails from Australia, but has lived here in the UK for 12 years. And I loved this episode because I found a fellow joy rider. And it was a great session. We talked about how joy can actually increase your performance. But not only that, you know, simple things that you can do to actually create more joy in your life and put it in your diary. We also talked about our own journeys of going from feeling frazzled and overwhelmed to actually creating more joy in our lives and experiencing it for ourselves. So if you are struggling to have joy, if you are struggling to enjoy your business and your life, then this is going to be an amazing episode for you. Enjoy. So welcome, Len. I'm really excited to have you here today. And today we're all talking about joy. This is actually the first podcast episode where I'm actually talking about joy as the title. So I'm super excited. And so a place that I'd love to start is to ask, you know, what's been your journey? Because I know, of course, you're, you're a joy coach, you do joy jam sessions. And you know, why joy? Why, why did you pick this, this theme? And what's been your journey with it? Well, pleasure to be here, first of all, and a great place to start. So I actually, someone asked me this the other day, and it's a really interesting thing. So the first thing to know about me is that I started life as a very serious person. <laughs> so growing up, if you had asked my friends like one thing to describe me, it was like, Lynn's kind of serious and intense. That's probably what they would have said. So my early life was, you know, filled with anxiety and just kind of being really vigilant about the world and trying to get it right and control my surroundings. And there wasn't a lot of place in there for joy. And it wasn't really on my radar. And then when I got into my 20s, I was really um, wondering about life because I had the good job, I had a good income, had the boyfriend, nice life. You know, I was living in Australia in Sydney at the time. You know, it's a really great place to hang out in the sunshine. And I really, and a question I'd kept asking myself was like, is this it? I was like, this doesn't make sense. There should be, I should, you know, I was not, not that I should, but I was like, I'm sure life is about feeling more. There should be more joy and more happiness here, but I'm not figuring it out and I'm doing it all of the ways I thought you were supposed to. And that's kind of where my real journey began. I started asking that question. And along the way, did lots of, you know, personal development work, inner reflection. And I was really asking myself that question, you know, how does this all work? And um, then I had kind of like two moments along the way that really steered me onto this whole joy path. In my late 20s, I was sitting at my desk at work and I had this incredible experience of joy in my body. And I, nothing had happened because my brain immediately went for what's caused that? So I was like, well, no one's just paid me a compliment. I haven't just been somewhere and done something amazing. So it was just just impromptu experience. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. I'd not experienced that level of joy before. So I was like, oh, let's figure out how this works. And so then really started focusing in on joy. And that kind of became part of my coaching because I was at, I'd kind of started coaching by that time. And then one day I met a... So Cut to five years later and I got uh, interviewed by a journalist. She was like, oh, I'm doing this feature on happiness. Can I talk to you about that? I'm like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. And during that interview, it was basically that was the turning point and I got all the tingles and she just all of the stuff I was talking to her about. I was like, I need to be sharing with people about joy. And so that was how I then actually became the joy coach and started to really get out in the world and share with people this journey of joy and how to bring more joy into your life. So that is my story to date in a nutshell. Mm. 
Yeah, what I loved about that was that it was in that you know that, that nothing outside of you created that joy that you just experienced it in that moment because that's how we experience life. It's it's coming from inside of us as opposed to it being got anything to do with the outside world. And the fact that you noticed it and that then you had it sounds to me like you had an insight about where you wanted to go with it next and you know I I've, I've often seen this and I've experienced it in the same way in that the very things that I was resisting or the very things that I didn't experience or experienced little of um, are the very things that I now help people uncover so things like I was very hard working bought into this idea that you to get results you had to do that it had to be hard work as opposed to working hard, but it had to be hard work or, you know, joy, as, as you say, like that, that was a major part of my experience that wasn't there really. A lot of it was taken up with being very serious and was taken up with a lot of depressions, was taken up with a lot of overthinking, was taken up with a lot of worry, was taken up with a lot of self obsession. And, but now this is what I love to, to work with. So it's interesting how that very thing that we are, that looks like we're not experiencing is the very thing that once we do, we can go and help others experience in their own way. So I'm curious about something. I'm curious about what have you learned more of about joy as you've gone deeper into, into this theme? Because I'm assuming that you spend a lot of time in the theme of joy. And so I'm curious about what are some of the insights that you've had about joy that really made a difference to you, but also made a difference to other people? Yes. Yeah, definitely have kind of really thought about how do we do this thing around joy? How do we bring more of that into our life? And along my own journey, what I really discovered is a couple of main things. So the first one is really what I find is a lot of people don't necessarily actually spend the time to focus on what brings me joy? So, I mean, that's like the very first thing that, you know, if I, you know, someone finds out that I'm a joy coach, they're like, oh, how do you do that? Like, how do you bring more joy in your life? And the first thing I'll ask them is like, well, do you actually know what brings you joy? Have you sat and thought about it? You know, what are the things that light you up? And a lot of, you know, at least 50% of the time, I'll probably get a, huh, um, not really. <laughs> So that was the first thing is I had to really sit down and once kind of joy got on my radar, go, right, what are the things that light me up? And what I love about joy is I talk about it as something different to happiness. And joy can enjoy so much in the simple moments and the simple things in life. And I kind of see it as an accumulation of small moments that bring us that regular experience of joy. So that was the other thing was kind of really looking at it and re recognizing that happiness in my book is different. Happiness is like a mental concept. Um, so you kind of like you step back from your life, you have, you know, and people ask you, are you happy? And you kind of do that as an average across your life. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm kind of happy with how things are going. Whereas, you know, joy you can experience whether it, you know, even if things are not going well in your life, you can still experience the feeling, the emotion of joy. So that was kind of uh, really good because as, you and, and myself and most people you know, who are probably listening, like we can be really cerebral about things. So mentally that helped me was to go on looking for the emotion, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And then the next thing that I really thought about was prioritizing it. That's, you know, when I, I was, was interviewed by uh, someone I know a couple of months ago and one of the biggest things that she got out of our talk and the, apparently the listeners fed back that that was really useful was the practical you can actually plan joy into your life and it's a real revelation when you can like sit down of an after you know Sunday afternoon as an example which is something that I do you know sit down of an afternoon and go right what fun things do I have in my week this week what have I got on my calendar for the next quarter or like you know throughout the year and you know coming back to that knowing what you actually enjoy and then actually putting it in the calendar just out of curiosity, is that something that you do as well? Well, actually, my biggest, yeah, yes and no. I'm not going to answer that question. And at the beginning of the year, I realized what I was doing was no fun for me anymore. And so I made, and I was like, well, actually, what I want to do is do more things that light me up. So this podcast is actually 
an example of that. So as I have these interviews coming up pretty much every day or twice or three times a week and they're kind of booked in, I already know that that's taken care of for me. And then I also realized that I was just going to do things that really look me up. So I go, I, I sing every Thursday. So that's already in there. I do yoga on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the morning. Yeah. And generally like once a week, me and my partner go out on a date night or we go out for dinner or we do something like that. So it's not like I have to put it in. It's already in there. It's almost like that insight did enough for me in that it just went right. How do you want to design your months and weeks in life? What do you want more of in it? And mm. so intrinsically, my work is what currently is lighting me up. So that's in it anyway. Yeah. But yeah, the singing and the acting, those two things took a really long time for me to put them back into my life. Like there were things that I used to love to do as a child and I just wasn't making time for it because life all got too serious. I had an insight. There was a group of people talking about well, actually, a coach talking about a client of hers that realized how serious he was taking his life. Right. And that he'd had a belief that when he, got, he became an adult, that life got serious. And I read that, and it really struck me, and it impacted me. And I realized I'd been doing exactly the same, that now I'm a mother, that now I'm an adult. Now I have to take life seriously. Mm. And it was at that point I said, no more. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm actually going to include all the things that I love, like singing and acting and, and so forth. And yeah, it's been really revelatory to me because as a result of all of that and not giving into this, oh, I'll do it when I have X amount in the bank or I'll do this when I have the time. Mm. Because it's not really about not having the time, it's about priorities. And when you're prioritizing, you make time for those things, right? So yeah, it kind of, so yes and no to answer your question. I don't sit down on Sundays and and actively put it in. It's already in because it's already kind of a joy routine that's already in my life, basically. Yeah. 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 And that's perfect. And that's, that's where, you know, if I was working with someone, that's where I would help them get to. So like, that's amazing that you're doing that because some people don't have, they don't have it in the schedule. It's not part of the, mm. the life you know, plan already. So, you know, if you haven't done it, you know, you've got to start somewhere, but like, that's, that's so awesome that it's, you know, it's all, it's in there. You're, you're getting it. It is part of your life and your experience on a daily basis you've made it your priority and you've made like a commitment to living that way yeah and and it's been very recent though Lynn and the other big insight that I had that's made a huge impact on me I was talking to the director of one of the acting groups here in Javier and I walked away from that conversation and I was like oh this is what life is all about it's about It's not about striving and achieving at work. It's about enjoying my life. And I realize that that's my definition of success now. It didn't used to be, but my definition of success used to be how much money I could have in the bank, you know. But none of that matters if you're not enjoying your life, actually. And that's what I've got to realize over the last few months is no matter how much money I had in the bank, no matter, you know, how big my villa was, if I'm not enjoying any of it, what's the point? So that's been a major shift for me because yes, I was enjoying it from time to time. And I, and I was just like, yeah, I've been one foot in, one foot out. I haven't fully committed to this joy thing. Right. That was a big thing. But my first initial thing was to have to get away and was to actually stop being addicted to the work and addicted to my thinking around my work. So I stopped. I literally mm. stopped and stopped work for about, six weeks and just did what the hell I wanted. Like watch Netflix did what I wanted really. Luckily I have money that, that, that supports me. I have investments that support me. So it, it was something I could do. And it was deeply uncomfortable, mm. deeply uncomfortable, but I like to confront things head on. And I knew that this one needed to be confronted. So I'm really glad I've done that now. Because now I can just really, I can, I can feel the difference. My experience of life is so different mm-hmm. to how it used to be because I'm giving myself permission yeah. to do more of what I love and, and how I want to do it. So mm-hmm. 
even in work. I don't know if, have you found that? Have you found that, yes, you're a coach, but I'm sure there are parts of what you do that you enjoy more than others. So like how we set up our businesses is very much a reflection of what can bring us the most, you know, thing that we find most joy of. Like if you want like one-to-one coaching or you want to do more of that, or if you love to do group work, you do more of that. So you set it up in the way that you want to because you know that that's what juices you up more than something else. Yeah, and that's a really big thing. So what was beautiful about everything you just said was it shows that joy, actually bringing more joy in your life is such a complex, it's, it's much deeper and more complex than people realize. And the third inspiration I had, which you've just shared wonderfully, is recognizing all of the things that we need to let go of, all of the ways that we see the world, all the ways that we think we need to do things there's a lot of that stuff like that's a massive piece of the puzzle what do we need to let go of in in order to allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to live our life how we want to to enjoy it because in that personally that is actually what I you know everybody's perception of what you know why we're here is different but I honestly believe our our number one priority is to enjoy life yeah that's the point and that so what and what's I mean, in, so that makes life so much fun if, if that is your number one priority. Like my goal every day is to enjoy my life, you know, and so what's great, you know, we're lucky that we work for ourselves. You can do this if you're working, you know, if you're employed as well. But so I, I structure my business, I structure my days around, right, so, you know, what's going to make this fun and, and, and enjoy and bring me enjoyment? So, you know, along the journey, and it has been a journey, you know, I have structured my business exactly as you just said. I've, I've structured my business around what, what works best for me, but also, of course, for my clients. So I do one-to-one work, but I really love group program work. So I have a couple of those as well. You know, I love creating community. So that's a project that I've got in the works. You know, and it's something I always talk to with my clients about. Like when they're like, well, should I do this or should I do that? I'm like, well, do you think you'd enjoy that? Does that fill you with excitement? Do you feel enthusiastic and inspired and motivated by the idea of that? Because that's the other thing people don't necessarily recognize about when it comes to joy is that if you make choices based around are you going to enjoy them, you get like motivation, you get creativity, you create momentum in your life, in your business or, you know, at work. It's extraordinary the actual benefits of putting joy and experiencing joy and making that the choice and, and making decisions and choices based around, am I going to have fun? Is this going to be enjoy? Am I going to enjoy this? It's extraordinary. And I think that's the surprising thing that most people don't think about because it's not talked about very often is the true down to earth, practical daily benefits of what happens when you include more joy yeah i so hear you sister amen yes hallelujah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i totally get it and i you know if you'd had this conversation with me a year ago i would have been like yeah 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 whatever get off of your joy box now (laughs) um, yeah i so hear this and and i've recently seen this too with like just for, for example this podcast now What's interesting is, you know, I used to live in the, in the land of right or wrong. Mm. Like, is this the right way to do it? Is this the wrong way to do it? Should I be doing it this way? Should I not be doing it this way? Will it make money? I mean, the, the right or wrong, can I make money from this? Is it right or wrong? And, and what I've recently realized is, regardless if it makes money or not, I'm enjoying it. And that is actually what's really most important is the journey you're on and are you enjoying what you're doing every day? Now, of course, I want to make money from this, but I'm gonna, it's going to be far easier than doing something in a way that I don't like to do it. So I find that, that creative ideas come to me because I'm actually having much more fun. Yes, um, in flow. Yeah, opportunities are coming to me because I'm having more fun. So actually, from a very practical, logistical perspective, effort perspective, what I've got to see is the more I stay in this place of joy and spend more time here, the more unexpected things happen and I don't need to push for things as much. It just, they just take care of themselves. So we can't see it. It's not something that's tangible, but it has a huge amount of power behind it. Mm. Incredible. Because I think about, so... When you are in joy, you are not in resistance. 
you're not in fear and all of the ways that we can make things harder for ourselves. It's like I kind of think of joy as, as the path of greatest flow. When I'm thinking about decisions, it's like does that feel hard or does that feel easy? Does that feel joyful or does that feel like a struggle? And so because we, as you say, it's like I kind of think about it as we're because, you know, it's like, you know, when you're, um, when things aren't joyful, like you're like, oh, you know, you just, your energy is lower. Things are harder. It is more of a struggle. There is more resistance present. Uh, so when we can consciously choose uh, doing it in a different way, and, and the way I like to think about this sometimes is also, you know, can we be curious? Can we think about it as an experiment? So that's something I do a lot. And I'm not saying this is always easy. Like, I mean, I've had to work at approaching life in this way, but I've learnt the kind of mental and emotional triggers to kind of help me move into that space. So it's like, you know, when you're doing the podcast, you're like, well, that sounds fun. I don't know if it's, and even if you didn't know it was going to make money, you can be like, you know what? I'm going to try this as an experiment. Yeah. And you can feel the change in your body. Like you, you physically are different in approaching that experience when you think about it as, I'm just going to get curious and see how this goes. You know, I have a three and a half year old, as I say, probably I mention him in every single podcast because he told <laughs> me so much about this particular thing. And he's not looking for the outcome. It's not like he starts to play and has an outcome in mind. He just experiments to see what happens if he does this or if he does that, or if he does this, or if he puts the water in that. What does happen? What happens there if I do this? And oh, well, that didn't really work out. Okay, well, what if, what if I try this and, and what if we move that? And, and it's really cool to observe because there is this, often I think we can get so caught up in will it work or won't, but it's a bit, that's kind of missing the point. The point isn't whether it will work or not. The point is actually the journey you take to see if it works or not. Mm. Like that to me has far more weight on it now than it used to be. I mean, I used to remember, right? Like people used to say, oh, it's all, it's all about the journey. And I would want to just slap their face because I couldn't understand why I wasn't enjoying the journey. And I thought it was a load of bollocks. And actually you can, I don't know if you can see in the background, but I've got. Jaunty. It's all in the way that you travel the journey. I've got, um, I've got sayings all over my home and I've got one up here, which says, no matter what road I travel, I'm going home. So I like to be reminded that it is about the journey. Uh, at some point, we will reach a destination, which we'll be going back to, back home, which is mm -hmm. back to who we truly are full time. And, but until then, you know, if I'm lying on my deathbed, like the thing for me, like one day I was reflecting on this. I was like, if, if I were to lie on my deathbed today, could I honestly, sincerely say I enjoyed my life and I had a blast? And the answer to that was a, was a maybe. And I was like, I don't want it to be a maybe. I want it to be a yes. Mm. Love it. Because I won't remember the amount of hours I was at work, but I will remember how much fun I had. Yes. Yes. And that's, I think that's when they interviewed people on their deathbed, like that is one of the top three things that they say, you know, I wish I had taken more time to simply enjoy my life. I'm paraphrasing, but you know, that is one of the greatest things that we say when we reach the end of our lives. You know, I wish I'd taken more time to do things that I enjoy, spend time with the people that I love. And when we have that realization which, you know, you clearly have, you know, we can actually start to make different decisions and different choices. And, and like we talked about earlier, prioritize those things that are going to bring us that enjoyment, that love, that fulfillment, that um, feeling like we've really lived, you know, lived our lives to, to the maximum. And I, I'd love to just go back to what you were talking about, your son. You said, is your son, he's, he's yeah. the three? Yeah. So, if we can encapsulate that approach, because he's not bothered about whether it's right or wrong, whether it will work or it won't work, because he hasn't learnt like we do as we grow older to attach judgment about ourselves to whether something works or not works. And it's a huge thing for us to uncover is realise the judgments that we are making about ourselves because then that stops us from being curious. It stops us from experimenting. So, you know, something that I kind of encourage people to really look at is, uh, is that whole, you know, if once we grow up, we can't be, child, you know, it's childish to be playful. 
you yeah, know, yeah, that, I mean, that's, you know, that's because I, you know, I'm like, well, let's, let's play with this. And they're like, oh, no, oh, I'm an adult. I don't play. That's foolish. And, and people might judge me, might judge me because they, you know, oh, there's so many judgments we have around the idea of play and being curious and taking a playful approach. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that in, in our conversation because that spirit of play actually brings so much beauty into our lives. And it's really, it's like so juicy. I mean, when you play, you're so free and, and um, you know, open. And as you said, you get ideas and creativity comes. So it is a beautiful thing for us to cultivate as adults is that sense of playfulness. So, you know, anybody listening here today might be thinking, okay, Right. It's okay for you, Lynn and Marina. You seem to have kind of had these realizations, but what about me? I've got, I don't know, let's say I've got two kids. I'm on my own. I've got lots of responsibility. I've got to bring in the money. You know, I'm rushing from pillar to post, or it might be, you know, I've got a lot of responsibilities at work and I've got a lot of pressure and I don't have the time and and so forth and so on. So how do you unpack that? Because I know it may seem that you and I are just like having a party. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's not always that way. There are no, days it's not. that, That's that correct. we're human, right? So we have our damn days as well. But Absolutely. You know, where do you start? Like, do you have any examples of your clients that have come to you? Because it might be relevant for anyone, you know, for any of the, the listeners. Yes, and I uh, appreciate you opening that up because that is a really great thing. How do you fit this kind of stuff in or how do you bring it in when life is pretty chaotic? And I have a, a client who is a doctor. She is married. She has a kid. She's looking after parents, you know, elderly parents. And so her days are really super tight. And so the way we started to help her bring this into her life was essentially if you can be really present to the moments that present themselves and actually allow yourself to be in that moment, then you can bring in that, 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 those slices of joy. So like I said at the beginning, it is just moment. We're looking for moments, even if it's one minute, two minutes or five minutes. So as an example, she went to pick up her son from daycare and you know, she was standing there and she got there and her son was dancing with his friends. And he was like, Mum, can you come and dance with me, please? And before we'd started working together, she would have said, oh, no, I don't have time for that. I can't be frivolous and do this. We have to go. I've got to go home and make dinner and do things. And, of course, you know, she imagined me sitting on her shoulder going, I can manage two minutes to dance with my son. <laughs> so she's like, and she also allowed herself that. So she said, you know, we were on the phone. She's like, so I did. He said, Mum, can you dance with me? I said, yes. So I went and danced with a bunch of five-year-olds for like three minutes. And she said, I cannot tell you how good that made me feel, how good it made me feel that I shared that experience with my son, how good it made my son feel that I engaged with him in that play for even those three minutes. And she said, we got home and it just infused our entire evening. And then the next day, my son's still talking about it. So that was three minutes. The, you know, a, a moment presented herself. She said yes. To that moment and then experienced it and like it just you know flowed over so that's one thing I'd really recommend is looking for those moments because we actually you can develop an understanding of you you can actually stop yourself the moments are there but we actually hold ourselves back from allowing that because of many of the things you mentioned earlier like we've you know we're like we don't have the time you know we don't have the energy so one is recognizing the moment being present allowing yourself to have that and also recognizing, again, back to that whole, like, you can get joy from a hug. I'm a hugger. I'm a massive hugger. I'm known as a hugger. So whenever I can, I will get, I will get a hug from somebody. And that is a small, like, 30-second, one-minute moment, and it makes me happy. You know, it's like really, so the, the key here is savoring the moment, so being really present to those small things. I love coffee. You know, I went to my favorite coffee shop this morning. They do a fantastic flat white. So I sit there and for like 30 seconds, I really savor this. I don't just like, you know, my computer's open in front of me. But so like if you're at work, you know, if you're at work, just take a minute to go, whatever it is, if it's connecting with a colleague, it's really drawing the juice out of every moment that presents itself. Yeah. You know, what I'm hearing is, 
just slowing down a bit because I'm, we're so often in this rushed place in our heads about what we have to do next and then we have to do this and then we have to do that and then we have to do the other and, mm. and, and keep actually savoring the moment like a good cup of coffee and really becoming present to the fact that you are drinking a cup of coffee. Because I often it's so easy for us to just grab and go. These days, everything is just so instant, instant, yeah. instant, instant gratification, gratification, gratification. Like I love coffee, but I'm experimenting with not having it as much because I don't want to be dependent on it, right? Yeah. So I go through these phases where I'm like, oh, I'll go back to it and then I come back off it, go back. And I'm on a off it at the moment. But there'll be a point at some point this week where I'm like, no, today's a coffee day and I'll just yeah. go and have a coffee and just sit and really just enjoy it. Beautiful. Um, so what I'm, there's an experimentation here with, with all of us, I think, to just experiment with those sorts of things mm. in that it's like, oh, do I do, you know, I'm just going to give this a go and oh, I'm going to give that a go. Because actually, I mean, I find myself doing this with my son in that he'll ask me to play. And sometimes I will and sometimes I won't. And I reflected on that recently and I was like, well, what stops me in those moments where I say no? And I realized that it's this forward thinking of, oh, if I do that, then I have to do that. And then I have to do this and I won't enjoy it and it'll be boring. And so I've got a whole bunch of thinking going on in my head that stops me from just going, yeah, let's just do it. And actually what usually happens is I end up enjoying it anyway. So it never actually turns out to be like I thought it would. Oh, that's really good. Good realization, actually. And the thing I'd love for people to really consider is that joy is always present. But in order to experience joy, we need to be present with it. So joy is always in the present moment. So if we're in our minds thinking about the future or thinking about the past, we are not and cannot be present to joy. So that's kind of the experiment for those who are listening and and have seriously busy lives. It's like, okay, can I experiment with, you know, taking a moment or taking a few moments in my, throughout my day, getting really present and going, great, what is here that I can, I can connect with joy around that, you know, and it could be chatting to somebody. It could be just, uh, it could be the coffee, you know, it could be reflecting on the fact that, you know, as someone, for instance, myself who works for themselves, you know, I get to have, you know, all my favorite things around me on my desk and I love working in my office or, you know, the fact that I get to work in a cafe, you know, so there, I kind of operate from the belief that there is always something in the moment to be joyful about, but am I allowing myself to be present to that and really seeing it? And what I hear in that too is that when we are in the present moment, we experience joy because that's actually who we are. Yes, joy is your birthright. I honestly believe we all have it inside of ourselves. We are meant to live with immense amounts of joy. But as humans, the challenge for us is to uncover that, that well. I call it a well of joy, you know, inside of us. But we have a lot of things kind of in the way that life has kind of built on you know, layers around that. So that is a big part of the journey is seeing what we need to release in order to actually access and allow that joy. Because what occurs to me, if we were to make decisions based on this joy factor, which is, you know, do I take this job based on joy or not? How different would our decisions actually be? Yes. Yeah. I actually had a um, colleague who asked her, um, she was working with a high level executive and she asked him that question. And it was the first time he'd considered that when making a choice about a role. Six months later, she went back to him. So there was one role that was a fair amount more money. And then he had another role where we thought, well, the, the actual job itself, he thought he would enjoy more. So she went back to him six months later and she said, how do you feel about your decision? He said, he said, I cannot believe that I have never thought about making this, making that the basis of my decision before. He said, I get so much uh, enjoyment out of my job. He's like, it has presented opportunities so that I could actually move up. So I'm making the same money now that I would have if I'd taken the first job. And he said, the impact it's had on my life outside of work, because I don't go home stressed. I go home like, you know, feeling great about my day. He's like, he's like, what a fantastic 
way to make a big decision like that. He's like, I'll never go back. I'll, that's how I'll do it again next time. Mm. Oh, it's just so, it's so empowering. Like I, I just find it, it's since, since choosing to live my, my life that way, it is uh, fundamentally different. And again, you know, for listeners, I don't want you to think that I don't have down days, that I don't have periods where I'm not experiencing joy because I'm human, you know. Uh, it's life. Life happens, you know. Things happen. We have emotion. It's part of the human experience. But I have cultivated so many more ways of seeing the world and ways of shifting my energy, uh, you know, gradually and gently back into choosing to live with more joy. and. We can, and it's accessible to all of us. That's what I love about it. You know, it's just small shifts. And it's actually never ending. What I suddenly kind of heard in what you were saying was, I think I have an incredible life so far. And yet I know that I could give myself permission to do more of what I love. Like I love to ski and yet I only do it once a year for a week. And I was like, well, why have I done that? Why have I not decided to do two weeks this year, one for me, one for me and my son. And, you know, it came down to money. And then I was like, well, is that a good enough reason? And in my head, I want to justify it. But then I was like, well, if it's a priority, then I need to make that the priority and make other things work around it. So mm. not to let that I don't have the money be the reason why I sacrifice doing what I love. So there are far better questions like, you know, how can I create more of that money so that I can put it in a pot and actually have more of that one week a year? You know, how can I bring more in so that I can actually have three skiing holidays a year if I want to, I should so desire. Mm. So it's not a question of not wanting to. There's a, there's a sense, I think, money is the restrictor. Have you found that? Yes. Uh, it's certainly... In that very initial question of when I ask people, like, what are the things that light you up? Often people can go straight to the things like more holidays, you know, a, a you know, fantastic car or a bigger house or something like that. And, you know, whilst those things are great, like, you know, I, you know, aim to buy myself, you know, a, a bigger um, home at, at some stage. You know, they're great things to, as you say, like this, what's, what's the priority? It's like, and it really is a weighing up and remembering that we can, you know, like some money does come off a lot. So I'm like, okay, so joy in itself in terms of those small things, we can start there. And then it is about prioritizing. So, you know, I love, I'm a, adventure makes me happy. I love adventure. So it is a huge priority for me which means that, you know, in terms of finances, you know, I will save some money for a holiday as opposed to necessarily saving for something else at that time because I know that at the end of the day that will, it's like what you talked about, success. I mean, at the end of the day, I know that having those holidays and I've just booked one myself, the amount of um, happiness I feel, but it's like, you know, I haven't gone for the Australia trip for instance, you know, I've gone for a, uh, a holiday that I can afford, but I'm still getting the same result within myself. So I guess, so when people kind of say that to me, I'm like, okay, great. So we can still strive for the big things, kind of save, work towards them, but there are always ways or, or things that we could choose now or buy now or purchase now that kind of gives us the same experience. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is baby steps. It doesn't have to be the, the full-on vision, but it can be like an extension of maybe like just not one week. It could be 10 or 11 days that you just add on a few days more. Yeah. And keep quietly extending it until you find yourself actually on holiday permanently <laughs> every day. Yes. Yeah, and so I'm curious actually because I don't think joy is, is talked about much in terms of results. Often what I've seen in performance Often people talk about being effective and being, you know, productive and, and so forth. And, but I've recently got to see that, that having clarity of mind and staying in your joy, spending more time there actually has massive benefits in terms of performance. Mm. Have you found that? Yes. And there's actually a lot of research that has supported that. So for anybody who's interested, there's a fantastic book called The Happiness Advantage. Have you read it? No, I haven't actually, but I'm curious. No. 
Yeah, the, a book called The Happiness Advantage by a man named Sean Accor, I think A-C-H-O-R. I think he was a Harvard Harvard professor or someone, you know. Anyway, he's and he's done a lot of research over the last 10 years around happiness and the results, you know, the actual, particularly in the business arena, the results that you can get. You know, one of the things that he talks about a lot is productivity. You know, we talk a lot about people think if I want to be more product, productive, perhaps I need to be more time efficient. I need to figure out systems, you know. I need to just literally learn how to pack more into my day so that I am more productive. But that's kind of like going at it backwards in my view because if you want to be more productive, what we actually need is the motivation to do the things that are in front of us. So I kind of call of that call that innate motivation. And the way we get that is by actually looking forward to and knowing that we're going to enjoy the things that we are doing. Joy is incredibly powerful in terms of um, tapping into that inner motivation and that motivation makes us more productive. But the performance, we perform better. We want to perform better. And because when we are in that space of joy, we have access to our higher brain. We have access to much greater resources that allow us to do our jobs better. Yes, the creative, like we talked about before, the creativity, the inspiration, we are more um, able to collaborate better because we're more open and our brains are more receptive. It's extraordinary the, the physiological things as well as the kind of inner motivation stuff that comes when we are pursuing joy in our work and in our businesses. It's the benefits. I mean, stress as well. I mean, I, you know, my, there's all, my, I've actually written about this stuff, bits and pieces. You know, we reduce our stress as well. Like it's also good for our emotional and physical well-being. So the benefits and the results you can get from this, uh, from including more joy into your work and your business is quite extraordinary. Yeah, and I'm imagining that, that it also does no wonders for your immune system because yes. obviously stress, overwhelm. Mm. And all of those sorts of wonderful feelings that we can be spend a lot of our time in mm. uh, can actually deplete the immune system. Um, Absolutely, actually states like joy and love and happiness uh, one do wonders for for the immune system, don't they? So I guess mm. if you're not sick, you're still you can still work. <laughs> That's right. You can get more done. Yeah. Yes, you can get more done because it's the whole. I always get these mixed up, but the, the dopamine and the oxytocin, so all of those feel-good chemicals uh, that run through our bodies, you know, they are, as you say, they are good for our brains. They are good for our immune systems. So, you know, actually, if you want to be healthier and not, not just happier mentally, but healthier within your body and have more sense of well-being, you know, pursuing joy is, you know, a fantastic way to help you do that. And I mean, it's, I've got some really fun, so we were talking about results and I just, they popped into my head. Um, I've got some really fun stats. I find them interesting. So, I mean, there's studies, and this is actually from the guy, Sean, that book uh, that I shared earlier. People who are happy are 30% more productive. Businesses who have happy cultures perform, you know, their profits are 30% higher than uh, competitive companies who do not have happy cultures. You know, so there's fantastic stuff out there. One of my favourite ones, obviously businesses enjoy this, is um, salespeople who are happy makes 37% more sales. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially if you're in business like us, you know, it's a great thing to recognise. Make sure that you're in a happy, joyful state before you do a sales call because, you know, your chances of you know, an outcome that you're after are 30% greater. So, sorry, 37%, you know, higher. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. And I can also see that, that being around, most people want to be around people who are joyful and people who are in that place of joy. So my question, I guess, is how can you spend more time there? Is it just a question of doing more things that you love? Or are there, is there anything else that we haven't touched on today? Yes. So one of the things that I'd recommend is getting people to work with where they're at. If people haven't experienced a lot of joy or find it difficult, it is a really hard concept to think, you know, I haven't experienced a lot of joy in a long time. You know, how, how on earth do I all of a sudden bring that into my life? So I kind of encourage people to think about it on a spectrum. 
So, you know, say Joy is, you know, a mile down the road and you're kind of like a little bit along the path. So think about just small things that can, it's like you're changing your trajectory very gently. So if right now you are experiencing a lot of, you know, sadness or grief for, you know, some heavier emotions, I would encourage you to sit with those and work those through. You know, so it's, we don't want to we don't ignore what we're experiencing right now because that actually just kind of puts us in resistance to joy. So you know, work with your emotions. So make sure you're releasing them safely. So if you're angry, scream into a pillow. If you're sad, take yourself off to cry. You know, really work with where you are, are at at this time. And then once you've moved that emotion through and you can feel the shift so it's not as heavy or you're not as angry, then it's kind of actually shifting your mind gently to, okay, how could I in this moment move myself towards joy? That could be given, you know, um, sitting on the couch and just kind of having a hug, you know, hugging a pillow. It's extraordinary. If you don't have a person to hug, hugging a pillow feels very similar. So just a little tip there. And it's like, what can I do? Do I need to go out for a walk in nature? You know, do I need to call a friend? Do I need to sit and have uh, have journals, have a gratitude? A a good tip is like a, a gratitude practice is extraordinary to help you move towards more joy. So, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I'll sit with my journal and I will just, I will journal the things that I am grateful for. So it's figuring out what are your top five to 10 ways to shift your energy towards more joy and and having that experience. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, it does. And it's interesting because it will change based on what you're drawn to in that moment. Like for some, you know, sometimes for me, it's just to get up and go and take a walk. That makes sense to me. Yes. I guess what I heard and what you were saying is, what is the thing that makes the most sense to me right now? so that I can experience less of what I'm experiencing and, you know, takes me towards kind of reconnecting back with myself. So sometimes Mm. it might be going for a walk. Sometimes it might be phone a friend. Sometimes it might be having a cup of tea. Sometimes it might be, you know, reading a book, watching a movie. I don't know, masturbating. Having a bath. Yeah. Going for it. Yeah. Having sex, if that's an option. Yeah. Releases a lot of the endorphins. It does. Um, So... Yeah, like it's really what makes sense to you in that moment and what what will, because I don't know what that would, you know, it's so personal to everyone. It is, yeah. And it's about really being kind and gentle with yourself. So not making joy a stick, but just making it it something gentle that we're moving towards because that's also something can get in the way for people. They're like, I can't do this and I can't figure it out and I'm not joyful and why am I not? So in addition to not feeling the emotion, we're also giving ourselves a hard time about not feeling the emotion. I'm not feeling the emotion. Why am I feeling the emotion? I've done something wrong. You know, this is, I'm ruining it. I'm screwing this up. I'm, I'm screwing up my life. And, you know, and it goes down the rabbit hole from there, you know. It's also, I invite people to have compassion and kindness for themselves in their journey towards more joy you know because there will be ups and there will be downs but if you keep your compass in that direction you know I can I can promise I can guarantee that slowly slowly but surely you know you will be you will shift in that direction yeah I can really vouch for that actually and it's something that that as it's so recent um I don't know how I was living life before but it makes no sense to live it the way I was living and that's when you know the shift has happened because hmm. whatever you were doing before just makes no sense. And this is a question I love to ask my guests. What are you giving yourself permission to do more of these days, Lynn? At the moment, the, the immediate answer is travel. Nice. Again, huge adventure. In my younger years, I traveled. I've lived in many different, you know, many. Uh, you know, I've lived in different countries. And I realized, you know, in the early years of my business, I stopped I stopped traveling. I stopped having the adventures because I was kind of busy focusing on my business. And then recently I was like, oh, Lynn, I actually have to have this talk with myself. I was like, Lynn, you really love adventure. You know, happy, you know, travel makes you so happy and excited. And that travel makes me feel like I'm living. And I was like, oh, when are you traveling next? Oh, I don't have anything in the diary. Right. We really need to sort that out. So I'm giving myself permission to be more of a, um, a traveling nomad when it comes to, you know, working somewhere else in the, in the world. Beautiful. So Lynn, if people on the podcast here today want to get in contact with you, would love to know more about your work, how can they do that? 
they can visit my website, which is www.linhord.com. So my name.com. They can email me, same, hello at linhord.com. And um, they're probably the best two ways to contact me. Because you've also got some jam sessions, haven't you? I have, yes. So if you're, um, if anyone listening is in London, I run a kind of peer-to-peer connecting event, I call it. Some people might call it networking, but it's more about the connection. So they're called the Joy Jam Sessions. So I run those once a month in London. And there's a, a big button that says the Joy Jam Sessions on my website. So you could find out more about those there. And in terms of building that community, I'm about to launch the Joy Jam Collective. So nice. same. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. The same idea but obviously uh, enabling people wherever they live in the world to join us online. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Len. It's been so much fun and extremely joyful. (laughs) Yay! That's what we aim for. Great. Joy, happy, clappy coaches. I can't think of anything (laughs) worse. I know. No, go away. I know. I know. I know. It's, yeah, that, that is a question I often get. It's like, are you one of those happy, clappy people? I was like, I can be, I was like, but I'm also a realist, you know, this is life. So that's why we talk about small shifts in the right direction, not like, yes, <laughs> exactly. So thank you so much, Len, and to everybody that was listening in today, I hope you enjoyed it and, is, and are now feeling extremely joyful and inspired. So until next week, bye-bye for now. And there you have it, another wonderful episode of The Joy of Being. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? And if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life and feel carefree, then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst Scorecard at www.marinapearson.com scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek.